Electricast. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this episode of Missing the Point, we check in on the Boston Red Sox at the All-Star break. We'll look back at some of our predictions from the preseason, and we'll look ahead to where the team is now. We'll also look ahead towards the trading deadline and see if and what moves the Red Sox could make to make sure this team remains a contender. And we'll also take a look at a retooled Red Sox minor league system. This is Missing the Point, episode 72, but it's all relative. The last time all of us sat down and talked about the Red Sox, me, Joe, and Rayshon went in on this team. We, we decided that this team had no chance, that they weren't going anywhere this year, it was going to be repeated last year. My God, how we were wrong. Since then, the Red Sox officially have the best record in the American League. Lead the AL East by four and a half games over the Devil Rays, or the Rays as they're known now. Blue Jays, ten and a half over the Yankees, which is something that's just, I have to say, is the most beautiful sight in the world to me. Being a ten and a half game over the Yankees at any point in my life is just something that, that I like to mark down on calendars. Like that's how big of a deal that is. Do you guys think this team is real? Is this going to continue the rest of the season? Is the AL East already over, Mike? Okay, so I think just to underscore your point of of how out on the Red Sox season we were before it started. I elected to not be on that show because I said, I have nothing to talk about with this team. They've done nothing. Like, why am I going to talk about them? Turns out I was wrong. They are, and, and we should know this by now, right? I mean, it seems like every year since, what has it been, 2011? Every other year, they are a really good team. You know, you have 2013, 2018, they, they won the World Series. Last year was an abomination of a baseball season. I, th- I think we know that. But I want to tell you right now that I think that the Red Sox are the real deal. I really do. Like every fiber in my being, every 17, 16-year-old Mike Red Sox fan is like, dude, you know a good team when you see it. This is it. But 2011 has – like it really burned me bad. So, yes, to this point, they are the best team. I think that they are a real team. However – can the hitting sustain? Can the hitting sustain and can the pitching, can the ERA and maybe just the innings pitch, can that sustain through the dog days of summer? Maybe. Let me just say this. They have a real chance to go. Let's say that they just go just a tick above 500 through middle of August. 
yeah, I'm in. Fully in. Because I think the way that they played so far to this point, they just have a lot of fight to them. You know what I mean? Like they just they never give up. And that that sounds cliche, but you never feel like this team is out of it. So to this point, yeah, I think it's I think it's a, a legitimate team. I think right now, yeah, you know they have a ninety six point two percent chance to make the playoffs. We've seen percentages like that before with the Red Sox and that and them not make it. So yeah, I guess I'm in, but I'm tentative about it. Joe, I'm going to go to you next on the preface of one point. So I said to you at the beginning of the season uh, when you're like Red Sox stink, Red Sox stink. It's like, listen, man, teams don't win 10 games in a row when they stink. There's something that happens when if you're a bad baseball team, you're a baseball guy like me, you don't rack off wins like that if you're a bad baseball team. Have they finally come around now that we've ended up with two 10-game winning streaks? Oh, I've come around on these guys long before this. I was wrong. You know, I was expecting a hangover of the Ron Renneke Red Sox 2020 was more of a throwaway season for the Boston Red Sox than it was for the New England Patriots. And I believe that they both threw away the 2020 season. The Red Sox did it in much more dramatic fashion, which oddly enough, got them a really good draft pick this year. And they're going to get a really good Vanderbilt pitcher. And that's going to, and you know what? It's so funny because I just, I cannot stand, you all know how I feel about John Henry, cannot stand him. I, but the way they manage this coming into 2021, now that we see it, hindsight is 2020, they may have done themselves the biggest favor of all. To answer your question of are they the real deal, not yet because their bullpen stinks. And not all the way through, but Matt Barnes is really the only solid pitcher in the bullpen. To me right now, I've watched some them blow some leads against teams that they shouldn't be blowing leads against. And... Not necessarily losing the games, but having a tough time where then the offense has to come back and pick them up. You think that Matt Matt Barnes is better than Garrett Whitlock? Yeah, but Whitlock hasn't been up consistently enough. He's been up and down. I think that's the only thing that's giving me, that that makes me say it's Matt Barnes because they've been sending, I also don't think Chaim Bloom thought that his team was going to be as good as it is. I I really don't. Uh, I think Garrett Whitlock was a, was Whitlock the rule five guy? Did we have that? Yeah. He hasn't been up and down because he can't go down. Cause if he goes down, he he goes back to the Yankees. I maybe because Barnes has been used more. Let me change that. I don't know who I was thinking of, but maybe Barnes because he's been used more, but besides the two of them, Mike, no. I mean, who else has been effective in there? Asawamura has been slightly effective, but he even got, Hit hit the other day. So I, I mean, the, the point is that the biggest, the two biggest points of contention with this team right now are the depth. Let's put it this way: the depth of the bullpen and their defense. Those have been the two biggest issues that they have had. Their offense has been great. Their starting pitching has been above average. And what they need to do is they don't need to sell. They need to go out and bring a couple arms in and maybe a couple defensive replacements. Who do you get rid of? I don't know. What do you get rid of? Who knows? That's Hyam's job. But why would we have a show if we didn't if we didn't uh, project right? But fifty four and thirty two, Bobby. So yeah, I've come around on these guys. There is a fun product to watch. It's a fun team to watch, and the the man at the cornerstone of all of their success. While John Henry would say it's him, it is one hundred percent Alex Cora. One hundred percent Alex Cora. I think he is the best thing that has happened to this franchise in a long time. And I know, you know, he had his issues in Houston. He cheated. I'm not going to say based there's cheaters all over baseball that we've been seeing it this year. And I'm sure we're going to get into that, but 
yeah, they're the real deal. But as Mike said, I think what we're going to see is as they get through the dog days of summer, as they get deeper into the season after the all-star break, we've seen so many Red Sox teams that have started off. Well, they've put us in this position where we're like, yep, this is the team that goes to the world series and, and brings the trophy home. And I'm not ready to say that yet because they need to get through August. I completely agree that, like, you know, you see these Red Sox teams blow it all the time. The thing that's different about this team, and it kind of it feels a lot like uh, a couple years ago we won the World Series, is the fact when they just find a way to win games. There's some games where they have no business to win the game. The other night, for example, where they ended up winning one nothing in a game where they they could not touch. I don't even remember who was on the mound. They couldn't touch whoever was on the mound. Yeah, Romo. Well, no, it was the starting pitcher. So it was one nothing, but they couldn't touch this dude. But somehow they still found a way to win that game. The other night, they came back twice. One five four against the Angels. Barnes, hard attack ninth. He gets out of it, and they still come back and win that game. Hosing dudes at the plate when the game's on the line. It's just play after play. When it comes down to it, these du- these dudes just... Because they want to play. And it just seems like it's... And, and, and it just seems like one of those teams to me. So, Ray, I got to ask you, man. What do you think? Is, is is this the real deal? Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it, right? So I think at the end of that show that we did on the season preview, I think I, I squeezed in at the end because we, we bashed them the whole show. But I said, wouldn't it be funny if they became the best team in Boston? And we kind of laughed it off, but it was like, that's is essentially what they've become, right? Because it just felt like, okay, Cora's coming back. You know, you're going to invest in JD. I know how I feel about JD Martinez. Martinez, that's my guy, and invested, you know, Rafael Devers. Like, so when you're getting those guys that respond to Cora, that alone was going to change the the outlook of this team, right? And I think I actually said it to Joe on that show. I said they could be like the O2 Red Sox. So Joe was like, okay, so that means they're two years from being two away. And that still could very well be the case, right? That team won 93 games, and it looks like that O2 team. But this, to me, feels more like the 2013 team, not 2018. Because 2018, they were the best from start to finish. Like, they they clean house. They were beating everybody on a regular basis. Like, And you can think about moments. You think about the Toronto game. You think about the Minnesota game. You think about the Yankee game. 16, like, so there's so many moments you think about 2018. But this really reminds me of 2013. So you got, you know, the Mike Carpenter world, Johnny Gomes, the Shane Victorinos. Like, that's what this team reminds me of. And, yeah, people made it an insult that it was Tampa North. But that's what it's become, so to speak. This outfield is insane. We could say we could talk all day want about the infield defense, but that outfield is it's a joke how good. Like you do not run on these guys. Don't do not run. You look like me out there running on this team. It's ridiculous. Like, do not run on this outfield. Run throw. Hell, even JD got one in Oakland the other night. Like, are you kidding me? That play in the 10th inning where he he gets he comes and he charges in, he gets it, and the guy was out by a mile still. Don't run on this team. This outfit has not lost a step. And I, I thought that was gonna be blasphemous to say after losing JBJ, losing Ben Attendee, which really they was the and bets that was which was the best outfield in baseball that I, I've seen in a long time. But these guys have not missed a beat in the outfield. The infield that's different. So maybe we need a Doug Mankavich. Maybe we need some type of that that type of trade. But so I guess maybe Dalback needs to go. Maybe Chavis can go. But that's who you trade because you're not trading Devers or Borgar. So it has to be Dalback and Chavis that go or Dennis Santana. This ain't Coco Crisp or or Johnny Damon throwing you out from the outfield. Like these Facts. are gunners. Facts. But Coco would make some great catches though. Yeah, I, I meant throwing you out at home. Oh, though, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean, like the, these are actual gunners that that will literally put it on a dime and, and make you regret tagging up. And I think that's something that we've been waiting for for a very long time here in Boston. 
Alex Verdugo has as many outfield assists as Mookie Betts and JBJ combined. Crazy. More. I'm sorry. Not as many. More. You guys talked about Chain Bloom a lot, and that's kind of where I want to go here. Is I, I really agree that he's kind of been the mastermind behind this so far. Getting what he did back from Mookie, listen, we ripped him for that deal. But to bring in Verdugo, who to me should have been an all-star, to bring in guys like Hunter Renfro, who have been raking, to bring in my absolute favorite player on the Red Sox right now, Kiki fucking Hernandez into Boston. Like this dude has taken what he even quoted at the beginning of this year as a quote unquote bridge year for the Red Sox to a team that's on pace to win a hundred games. If you told me the Red Sox were on pace to win a hundred games at the beginning of the season without Chris Sale coming back before July, I would have laughed in your face. So it, it, it's amazing to me to what Chame has actually done. Do you guys think right now what Chame is doing, is it as impressive or close to impressive as to what Dombrowski built or to what Theo built? Or, or I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying, I'm saying the team that he put around, is it something where you look at this team and you're like, okay, this dude can actually build a baseball team. He can put him together Isn't with the best. Isn't it it is. I, I was going to say, what did I say? Heim Bloom, Chain Bloom, whatever. Yes, it doesn't it matter. Does matter. What, what, what's wrong with you? Heim Bloom. Say his name. <laughs> say his name. I guess my question would be yeah, I, 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 I mean, I th- if they win the championship, yes. And then, then, he's on, then, then he's on that path, right? But right now, isn't this like maybe, doesn't this show you that Dombrowski didn't leave us in, isn't as in bad shape as we thought he did? I just, sure he did. Sure he did. Well, he left us in terrible nah, shape. He, he, he stripped the farm system. He left right. the major league team with a great core where yeah. Chaim Bloom took that core. But that's what Dombrowski is known for. He did the same thing in Detroit. And he's going to do the same thing. Where the hell did he go after he left here? He's going to do the same thing there. He comes in. He strips the farm system. And he goes out and gets the, the dudes to come in and win you a championship, which he, he did do. But then when Chaim Bloom, someone who is much more in line with a Theo Epstein mentality, even he's even more money ball, especially coming from Tampa. He is closer to Billy Bean than Theo Epstein is to Billy Bean. It, that's a good comparison for baseball fans because we all know that the, the Red Sox want, wanted money ball. But when it comes to this team, Chaim Bloom is doing the exact opposite of what Dave Dombrowski did with Dave Dombrowski's groceries, right, Mike? So let's use that analogy. Dave Dombrowski went out, he bought the groceries, and Chaim Bloom is saying, well, let me chop up these veggies, let me cook the cook this meat, and let me you know, put a, a good meal on the table. But he's not only putting a good meal on the table, he's meal planning for the next week or two weeks because he's bringing in really good prospects with by – pulling, you know, we call it the Belichick, selling off guys as they're either getting to the point where they're going to command a lot of money or they're coming towards the end of their, the height of their career, like a JBJ. He's coming towards the end of the height of his career where a guy like, not that he can't be consistent wherever he goes, he's playing well, but then you have Mookie Betts who was commanding a lot of money and Mookie Betts is still very good. He's still playing well in L.A., Won a championship, so won a championship exactly. But because Chaim Bloom offloaded those guys, he was able to bring in some prospects, and they went out and also took some of the money from those deals 
and made the guys like Alex Verdugo, not made, because Alex Verdugo is clearly a player that can play. But we all heard all the, the bad things about Alex Verdugo when he got here. Now, all of a sudden, we see he can play baseball, and we don't care anymore. But that's what they're doing. But you're right. And in, in, partly, you are right, Mike, because some of these guys were Red Sox prospects already. So, But I think what they're doing is they're finding the right prospects. And I, I, I know that it's, it's all about the players and, and the role of a manager is to make sure you don't lose games for your baseball team because that's what we, we've seen that in the past year in Boston, right? Brady Little, where overall role of the overall role of a manager is to not lose games. They're not going to win you a lot of games, but it's the, the, their job to not lose games, and that's what Alex Cora does. Alex Cora is absolutely phenomenal at motivating and getting these kids, these guys to play. And you, Bobby and Ray, you brought up the names of Bobby Dalbeck, but even look at Christian Vasquez and what he became under the tutelage of Alex Cora. And I know I'm going on a rant again here, but Mike, I I disagree. I think Dave Dombrowski left this organization exactly how he left the Detroit Tigers. But the difference is, and this is where I say something nice about John Henry John Henry goes out and finds the right guy to hire to come in and fix the problem. And he did that when he hired Theo Epstein, he fixed a problem, an 86-year-old problem. When he hired Dave Dombrowski, he fixed a problem. It was a failing team that needed to be turned around, that had run its course with its, its previous manager. And then obviously Bobby Valentine didn't work out. And then Dave Dombrowski stopped working. So he had to go out and find a guy to fix the problem. And he did that with High and Bloom. I, I think a lot of their success this year is one uh, attributed to uh, Cora and two contributed to. High. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I love it, man. I, I just like I said, uh, Bloom has been cool. Say his name, Rayshon. Bloom. I said, say his name. High and Bloom. Like, one more time. One more time. High and Bloom. And let's say say it together, kids. High and Bloom. High and Bloom. No, yeah, High and Bloom. Bloom. So yeah, so well, he, he's Bloom the rest. Of I have a speech pediment in case anyone was wondering out there. That's cool, and, and and it's okay. We're here to support you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so no, listen, man. The Mookie best trade was going to be scrutinized regardless because anyone that like it could have been any one of the five of us to do it. Or four of us, sorry, excuse me, because you know the fifth person's not on here. Sorry, <laughs> but could have been anyone of four of us that that made that trade, and it would have been like, oh, you know, you know, what is Buchanan doing? What is Malcolm doing? What is Kelly doing? Like, what is Mark Angelo doing? Why would you trade the the cornerstone, right? And I, I was hot about it, right? You know, but I remember you know Lou Maloney talking about, oh, you know, well, Verdugo was the key piece coming back, and you know, obviously, and you know, you know, we talked about this with Dan Shaughnessy, we talked about it with Steve Peralt, you know, so you can find that find those episodes in the show notes. But yeah, like they they were. <laughs> Like that, Mike. No, but uh, yeah, he's he's been great, man. And I said I'm, I'm I'm proud of what Bloom has done. I mean, I, I don't think you asked about the first half MVP yet. My first half MVP is definitely to me. It's actually Bloom. He, he put together that team. He brought in the pieces that, that are working, and we didn't think it was gonna work. But Renfro has come back and done well. And they're finding guys on one. They're finding guys on on short money, right? Kike Hernandez, short money. You know, it was like, oh, I can hear Tony Matt. You gave him eight. You gave him fourteen million. Are you kidding me? What are you? What are you doing? What are you? What are you doing? What are you Friend doing? What are you doing that at Fenway? Yep. You know, and it was just like you know they sit there. You know, they, and I get it. Their job is to turn heel. I understand, but I'm like, it definitely had a good series against us in 2018 with the Dodgers. So as a utility guy, you know, as our Luis Soto, you know, here's the first rabbit hole of the night. That name drop, right? You know, he, he could be someone that was going to be a utility guy. He's been phenomenal here in Boston. So. I mean, let's say High and Bloom has pulled, has, has pulled, or upside has, has uh, pushed the right buttons, and as I'm, I'm excited to see what they do going forward. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Like I said, I, I, I do think High and Bloom, you like that? Got it right. I, I do think High and Bloom is the main reason or one of the main reasons that we see this team having success they're having this year. And, and part of that to me is that he kept two of the biggest pieces and made sure that these two guys were going to be staples in this town. Or I guess three guys, you're going to include JD as well. So JD Martinez, Xander Bogarts, and Rafael Devers. These three guys, man, they're just absolute studs, all three of them. To me, I, and I said this to you guys at the beginning of the season, the disrespect Xander Bogarts gets around baseball to me is blasphemy. I know now he's the starting shortstop for the AL. Awesome. Finally being recognized. But coming into this season, I saw multiple top 10 lists that didn't even have this dude in the top, not never, not the top five, not the top 10 shortstops in baseball. Here he is on June 6, 2021, and he is hitting. So he's hitting 321, 321, 385 OBP, 533 slugging percentage, 13 home runs from the shortstop position, which those numbers from that position is above and beyond what you expect. Then you have Devers, 21 home runs already. We're not even at the all-star break. 290, 581 slugging, 938 OPS. These two dudes, man, I I, I love these two guys being the staples of this team. Um, what do you got? Do you guys actually think, because to me, I think Xander has a chance at MVP. I really do. The way that he's playing and the way he carries this team, I think that there is an outside shot that he finishes top three and possibly has a chance to win MVP. Joe, do you, is that a crazy thought by me, or do you think that's an actual possibility? No, not if they stay on this pace, not if they make the playoffs and go on a deep run. He's having a great season. I mean, he's got 97 hits, 25 doubles, 13 home runs. 48 RBI already. I mean, sure, Devers is having an outstanding season. I mean, if it weren't for his below-average defensive play at third, which I think will come around, I mean, he's only 24. He's been with this team since he was before he could legally drink in the United States. I don't see why it couldn't be either one of those, but they need to continue on. But there's a lot of electric players in baseball. That's the biggest thing to me is that there's so many electric players. This season's been this season's been fun. Like I've really had a lot of fun watching this season. Maybe it's because I've had more time. Uh, maybe it's because YouTube TV, friend of the show, and Nesson, friend <laughs> of the show, couldn't come up with a, a deal to keep Nesson on YouTube TV. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I'll write a letter, but honestly, it's kind of been fun because I've been able to watch other baseball other than the Red Sox, which has been a blast. But yeah, Xander Bogarts is phenomenal. He's outstanding. And you said it, Bobby, like they found a way to offload Mookie, who we all know and we have to acknowledge on the show, there there was question of him wanting to stay in Boston for whatever reason. We don't need to go into that. But there was question that he wanted to stay in Boston. Jackie Bradley Jr. fit the mold defensively. I think that he had run his course as well. Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers have not run their course here in Boston. And another guy that I, I would feel we would be remiss not to mention, who is not also not getting as much respect as he deserves this year, is Christian Vasquez, who has been electric behind the plate defensively. And offensively, the guy's got eight stolen bases. Our catcher has eight. He's leading the team with stolen. He's been caught once. Uh, and there's some pretty good catchers out there right now, too. I mean, the, the guy, he's not only got, he's a 253 hitter. He's still not 
Like he's not going to light the world on fire. But when Christian Vasquez first came up, nobody expected him to reach the Mendoza line. Nobody expected him to hit above 200. Now he's hitting 253 with a 300 OBP, a 345 slugging percentage. It's not great. He's got four home runs, 12 doubles. This is something else. And here I go on a rant again about the game. The, The game itself is not about home runs. It's not about launch angle. It's about getting runners on base and moving them effectively around to score runs. That, that's all that matters at the end of the day is scoring runs. And a guy like Christian Vasquez pr- produces runs. He does get him in a national league. So, 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 no, so, so to that point though, so that's one of the main reasons why I do like this Red Sox team is because that's what they do. And the rest of the league does not do that. The Red Sox hit the ball. They put the ball in play and, and they actually force the issues unlike the rest of the league who hits home runs and strikes out. So that, that is one piece that the Red Sox do stand out. Mike, I, I'm going to go to you here. Uh, the more I'm thinking about it, I have to ask you, is Xander even the MVP of the Red Sox? I'm, I'm expecting something different from you here. What do you think? He really should be. He's so good this year. If you just If he keeps his pace out, right? If he can post 26 home runs, 100 RBIs, and maintain a 321 batting average – and his level of play on the defensive side of the ball uh, stays what it is. I don't know that you can find another person on the team that's more valuable. I think Devers is – he's finally transitioned into that power hitter that we thought he was going to be, right? So, like, if everything multiplies out, he has 42 home runs, 142 RBIs. That's awesome. That's amazing. And I think – I could be wrong. I think – Devers' ceiling is higher than Bogarts, than Bogarts are offensively, but I think right now Bogarts is the guy that you need to be like to, to be the guy, like to, just to make sure that every, that everything goes the right way. But also, I, I don't know if, if this is going to come up later, but I, w- I would be remiss uh, if I didn't talk about the fact that uh, you know someone in the, someone earlier on the show mentioned Alex Cora and his impact. Look no further than J.D. Martinez. Just don't look any further than that because in in J.D.'s first two years with the Red Sox, when Alex Cora was at the helm, 40, you know, 2018, 43 home runs, 130 RBIs. 2019, 36 home runs, 105 RBIs. He's not there last year, COVID, all of that, right? 54 games, seven home runs, 27 RBIs, and 213 batting average. This year is already a bounce back year. He's hitting almost three, like 299. So we'll call it 300 just for argument's sake. 17 home runs and 56 RBIs. You, there is, there, there is this, and I, the only variable there is Alex Cora, right? So I think for my comeback player uh, of the year for the Red Sox right now is JD Martinez. But in, ter- in terms of your, your original question, Bobby, Bogarts is the MVP, MVP right now, and he has to be. Right, he has to be that guy. He has to be the standard bearer for the Red Sox right now. But I do think that Devers' ceiling offensively is higher. Ray, Sean, I know you're chopping out the bit over there, man. Tell me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, this is the Mike Marcangelo real hour over here. I see. No, I keep drinking over there. No, listen, you already said the answer, Mike. But the answer is not the comeback player. He's the MVP, mm-hmm. and that's J. D. Mar. Tina. <laughs> that that guy, he, he's he's just special. Like he from from day one, he got obviously last year. Last year's a wash. Like you said, we could cancel last year. I'm just like the whole year with the whole world was canceled essentially last year. JD 
is the best hitter on this team when he's on. I just I still firmly believe that. I understand that obviously Devers is younger. Uh, I feel like Devers is our, is the Red Sox version of Tatum. Like he's only twenty one. Like he's gonna be twenty one for like forever. I know he's twenty four, but he'll be twenty one until he retires, right? <laughs> uh, plus he also looks twenty one. He'll, he'll, he'll look twenty one to thirty. Um, he's just he's just one of those one of those guys. But no, JD Martinez. He's 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 to me he's the best right handed hitter we've had since Manny. Right, and it's just he can hit everywhere. I mean, right center, right field, left center. If you need a double, he gets that. Like he just always gets the hit that you need. Like he doesn't, he never does too much up there. And that to me, he allows Bogart's endeavors to do what they do because they kind of pitch around him. You, you understand what I'm saying? So to me, I, I take I, I'll take JD. You know, all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. I'm I'm a JD guy. I need to give me a JD jersey because I'm a fan. You guys know this. I, I've been repping JD since we've been doing the show. Like I I, I love JD Martinez. So to me, he's he's the guy. Yeah. So I got to go with JD. I can't say that enough. I mean, I just feel like when it comes down, you can't exemplify enough the the numbers from a shortstop. When when it comes to a shortstop, I don't know why. It's almost like the quarterback in football. When that guy's putting up big numbers for you, it means so much more to your team to me than a DH does or than a second baseman and a third base. David Ortiz is is rolling over right now. It's no it's like Nomar in ninety eight, right? When he hit three seventy two. Like that 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 was the well, standard not, not ninety nine, but Sorry, not ninety nine. Um, but like, but hang on, I I do have to say something. So, Bobby, are you saying that the designated hitter position is overrated? Don't put words in my mouth. Don't do that. Don't do <laughs> Wait, that. Is that what you're Don't saying? do that. I, I'm just saying. Is that what you're he saying? He did not say that. No, I'm just saying when it when it comes to the I'm not saying it's overrated. All right, I would never say that because. I, nothing's more. Nothing can be overrated when what you're rating it against is uh, under 200 batting average. So, anyways, no, listen, every everyone, hey, listen, Joe, everyone's not going to be John Lester the other night. You got a nice little knock in Washington. Everyone's not going to be Degrom. You know, we've had the Mike Hampton argument before. Everyone's not going to be he those had guys. Red Sox pitches that Garrett Richards had a, had a two. Uh, had he a did. Two he did a double. double. You're right. He did a double. You're right. You're right. When there's eight news stories a year about pitchers getting big hits and you share all eight of those. <laughs> Bobby, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big story if it was just happening every day and pitchers were hitting because they're supposed to. Pitchers hitting, that's great. Pitchers who rake, like, listen to that show. Joe's going to be coming out with that show <laughs> sooner rather than later. But no, man, listen, the, the DH is not, it's not lessened. It's not weakened. It's still a valuable position. I know you didn't bring this up, but this is just on my mind. I'll forget to say it because we talked about who we may need on the team. I don't know what his numbers are, but I'm just a fan of his game. If Josh Bell can get his way into the Red Sox uniform, he's in Washington right now. I'm, I'd be here for it. Josh Bell has been an all-star in Pittsburgh. I know he finally left, left Pittsburgh, I think, after last year, if I'm not mistaken. But if we can get Josh Bell over over Dogback, I'll take it. I don't know what he is defensively, but he sure as hell can mash it. So if, well, if you, we, can, you can find a way to get Josh Bell here as a first baseman, I'll take it. Right now, Ray, you're not. I mean, you see, Bobby Dalbeck's a weird one, and and not to derail this here, Bobby, but Dal a, a weird case because he's batting two seventeen, but he's got nine nine doubles, three triples, and ten home runs with thirty four RBI. Like he's not a schlub at the plate. His problem is he's defensively insufficient and it, it, he's one of those guys that needs to be replaced because they don't have a true first baseman on i'm going to drop a name for you and this is going to go way back so we're going to go rabbit hole for a second brian dabak 
That's who Dalbach reminds me of. I don't know if it's because of the name or what it is, but it's, you know what I mean? He's a guy where he's going to get big hits, and at certain points, you're going to be like, oh, man, this guy's something. But, like, <laughs> he's not, you know what I mean? Like, over a course of a season, he's going to have, like, 15 of those moments, but there's a lot of moments in between where you're like, oh, why did you swing at that pitch? Like, what are you doing, man? Like, like what, a Mark Bellhorn. What, right. Mark Bellhorn won a ring. That's a great segue, Ray. Thank you. So we're going to go right into the trade deadline here. So I, I, I got to know. So he, Ray mentioned a guy that he wants. I have to throw someone out there, guys, that I've been seeing rumors about. And I just think it would be so juicy and so nice and such an awesome story, man. Like, just think about it. Red Sox trade for former Boston Red Sox, Mr. Heat. Coming out of the bullpen in the eighth inning, Daniel Bard. All right. This guy has had a resurgence this year. He is throwing absolute smoke again this year. Daniel Bard, the other night, touched 101 and 102 consecutive pitches for like the first time in years. And he's throwing strikes. He's throwing hard. And he plays for the Rockies, who are obviously out of contention. So all that being said, I know we went through a lot with this guy. Would you welcome him back? Well, you wouldn't have to give anything up for him. I mean, sure, you could send him a bag of seeds and a and a bucket of balls, and they'd probably hand him over because they're, you know, Colorado is so interesting because they actually have a, a middle of the road minor league system. They just can never put it together at the major league level or haven't been able to consistently. Yeah, I mean, the guy was. He's 36 years old. He had a long hiatus from baseball. And we know he, as you heard Craig's O there, when Bobby mentioned Daniel Bard, he's Daniel Bard is one of Craig's guys. And and I got to go along with it and say, yeah, bring him, bring him in, bring him in. He's got a, he's got 12 saves of 4.08 ERA, which is a little high, but he's playing for the Rockies. Like they're not a very, they're not a very good team, but what's he going to be better than? And what's he going to be worse than in your bullpen because people have floated the name Craig Kimbrell out there too. So Bobby, I'm going to turn it back around on you and say, would you rather have Craig Kimbrell from the Cubs or would you rather have Daniel Bard from the Rockies? Bring them both. I mean, bring them both. I think the only thing against Kimbrell I have is, listen, Barnes is an all-star this year. I don't know if he'd do that to him. You know what? You don't put Kimbrell in the closer spot. So that's like bringing someone in that you know is going to be a backup quarterback, but like they could take your spot if you fuck it up. Would it be like having a job and then your boss bringing someone else in and telling them that they're going to take over part of your role? Show notes. <laughs> show notes. Yeah, show, <laughs> show notes, right. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I'm just. No, I, I, I mean, it would be. It sure. would be, but I'm trying to win. Yeah, no, all right. Yeah, I, I could get behind that. We'll bring Kimber back too. We'll bring back Bard. We'll bring, bring back Kimbrell. Kimbrell has, has a 0.59 ERA. Oh yeah, yeah. Bring his ass back. But no, just so get, so I, I got to bring up the Josh Bell stuff. So it's not phenomenal, but it is better than than Dalbach. So 247 this year, 12 home runs, 39 runs better than. So slight upgrade then. And I, I just found out a fun fact: him and I have the same birthday. So it was amazing why I like it. Plus we both have dreads too, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, bring Josh Bell, bring Kimbrell, bring Bard, whoever's going to help this team be successful. Do that, please. We, we, we need that. So Mike just sit here and cry about 2011. Like, we automatically know these guys are going to be Josh Beckett. And- well, we don't know it, but we've experienced it. 
Yeah, but that's the only team. You had like every. That's the only team that 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 faltered like that. Like it wasn't like oh seven didn't falter like that. Seventy eight, seventy eight. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking because of because of how that was because of Bucky. I'm I'm saying like because of the clubhouse. That's what I mean. We yeah. So that 2011 team was the best team in baseball for four months. They weren't four or five months, and then you know obviously you know doing. You know, eating chicken and bear amongst other wild shit. Popeyes, bro. But yeah, Popeyes, Popeyes. You know, which I mean, hey, I'm I understand, but I mean, Popeyes right in Kenmore Square. It's right, right there. Oh. Yeah, it was right there, bro. <laughs> front of the show, Popeyes, right next to oh, it. Oh yeah, front of the show, right? Yeah, definitely a friend of mine for real shit. But uh, <laughs> that's sandwich, no, but yeah, bro. Listen, man, I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm excited. But yeah, listen, everyone that can help. I, I, obviously, I think first base is an issue for the Red Sox. I also think that that, that there are other issues. But when when thinking about it. They rank 25th in terms of their leadoff batting, right? So I think you could see a world where High and Bloom go ahead, goes ahead and 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 gets a guy like, you know, the guy that I like is Starling Marte from 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 the Marlins. I think he felt now we have a really good outfield defensively, right? But I think offensively, when you have someone that that right now is hitting 291, six home runs, you know, whatever, 18 RBIs, but I think 50 hits. I think that's that's what you want. You you need to start the game and, and have that your top of the lineup be as good as your middle of the lineup is. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Heimblum goes that route or someone like a Robbie Grossman. Right? He needs to address the leadoff role. Now I don't. He's not. But he's not. He needs to do it without selling the future. Right. So. That's the problem with with really trade like to get to get like a big name. I don't agree with that though. Which part? I said a lot. Which part don't you agree with? The part that they have to like to me, if Kike Hernandez continues what he's been doing, you have it addressed. He, he's the guy. He's the guy. Put him there once again. There's no. Yeah, we're not. We don't need him to be Ricky Henderson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't need him to be that. It'd be great. But I mean, guys getting home runs in the first inning. He's he's getting on base. He's getting better at getting on base. I should say as of late uh, since since he came back off the DL. So if he's on that trend, you're good. I said they're two through five as good as anybody in baseball. Verdugo, Martinez, Devers, and Bogarts. Like they're fine, in my opinion. But first base has to get addressed immediately, in my opinion. More than more than the leadoff spot. I'll throw out a name for you for first base, Ray. Let me know what you think. Carlos Santana, former Indian, current Kansas City Royal. Man, man can absolutely rake. If you put Carlos Santana into this lineup, and you now have a middle of the lineup of Xander, Devers, Carlos Santana, and JD, bro. It's Santana's a switch hitter, right? I, I believe so. Because to me, he he would be just like how where Victor Martinez was here. And Victor Martinez, I mean, wasn't. I mean, they, they, the team overall didn't do great with him here. But he's someone you know that was going to hit. Hmm. I mean, I don't think I don't think he's going to hit the three hundreds like Victor did. But so that can get you seventeen to twenty home runs. Can get you eighty five to ninety runs batted in. Like a- absolutely, absolutely. And I'd be on that first thing smoking. Bring Bobby right to to Logan. See you later. Bye. Just don't give up the farm for for a first baseman. He's not behind. Not going to do that. He's not going to do that because you have Tristan down there. Uh, he he will be ready soon, right? So, yeah, you know, like j- just get a short term fix. And if that's what you, if that's what we all come to this consensus is our biggest need, then do something that that gives you a short term fix, but does not compromise the long term future of that position. I think you're all setting yourself up for disappointment. This is going to be a very dry trade deadline for the Red Sox this year. Biggest acquisition coming out of that front office on August 1st, or whenever the hell the trade deadline is this year, is we have our biggest addition. It's Chris Sale. No other team in Major League Baseball can add Chris Sale to the deadline. Oh, that's our big addition. 
I mean, that, I mean, that's not wrong though. But at the right. same time, may, maybe it's a lesser move though. That maybe it's a lesser. Well, it doesn't need to be a, like a brand new starting first baseman at the trade deadline. Rankavich, dude. Yeah, but you don't. You don't need. You don't need. So to to Mike's point, to kind of cover all of it. To Mike's point, the the short term fix is Bobby Dalbeck. I mean, if the guy is in the minor leagues, that's going to be ready. If he's in Worcester, and he's going to be ready, then fine. All right, Bobby Dalbeck with his two seventeen av- batting average. I mean, this team has plus fifty wins, and we're in the final week. Uh, before the all-star break, which is a, a traditional all-star break this year in a traditional regular season, then it's Bobby Dobbick. And if you want to go out and find that leadoff hitter, the, the guy that you're going to quote unquote replace is Kike Hernandez because he's not an everyday guy. T- typically he's done well in that role. Yeah. I'm not saying you're letting him go. I mean, you're not letting him go. He's your 10th guy is what I'm saying. He's your first off the bench replacement, but he's hitting 241. He's got 10 home runs, 17 doubles. Like he's everybody is playing well. And this is where I agree with Craig. So I bring that in. Yeah, it's going to be boring because I, Bobby, I think Carlos Santana bringing him in is counterproductive because he's going on 36 years old. Is he a good player? Yes, sure. But that's not the, that's not the fix for first base. If you do have your guy in Worcester, I'm with Craig. I think it's going to be dry. I think Chris sale will be back. I think Chris sale will do more damage than he will do good. I really just hope they don't rush him back and and they wait until he's actually ready. But yeah, Mike, honestly, I I agree with you. I, I think you find that short fix for first base and you bring in a leadoff guy, but it doesn't need to be, you know, it doesn't need to be the guy. I mean, you know, I look at these teams and I see guys like Tim Anderson, the shortstop for the White Sox. Like, you're not going to bring in a shortstop. The Mets have Brandon Nimmo. He's a center fielder. You're not going to bring him in because the Mets are playing well. The Twins, you have Max Kepler. He's an outfielder, but I don't think Max Kepler is the answer to bring in here. So, I, you know, I can go through these teams and tell you, yeah, we can bring guy X, Y, and Z in here, but what good is it going to do? So we're, I think we're all in agreement that depth of the bullpen, first base, and a leadoff hitter are the three biggest needs here. And Chris Sale doesn't, Craig, Chris Sale doesn't meet any one of those needs because the starting pitching has been phenomenal. In fact, right now, Chris Sale is the number six starter. In, in that lineup, as far as I'm con- concerned, with how everyone's been pitching, so Garrett Richards, yeah, you can, you, you can, you can let Garrett Richards walk. You can let him drop him off at the airport. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Like, they, they're gonna need a come postseason time. You, you're gonna need a guy that can go. Someone's gonna get shelled in the first couple of innings. You're gonna need someone. He's gonna have a David Price moment. He's gonna be like, "Oh my God!" You know, Gary. Like, so it, it, it's it's gonna happen. And you know, he'll have the right jacket on. His mustache will be, you know, shaved shaven correctly, and it all will be forgiven. So it's all good. I, I Just, think come. I think season time. You see Chris Allen in the bullpen. I don't disagree with that. Fine with me. This is fine. I, I ninety nine page, yo baby. Sign me up. How good of a, a like? How well off are you as a team pitching wise? If your sixth option is Chris Sale, well, maybe Chris Sale is that, and and this is a stretch, but fo- follow me down this this path for a second. Maybe Chris Sale is that depth of the bullpen. Maybe he's that long reliever. Maybe he's that guy. Maybe he doesn't come back in a starting role. Yes, he's Chris Sale. He's what twenty seven years old. Like he's still a kid relatively. Chris Sale? But we, how old 32. is Chris Sale? 
Oh, well, all right. He's still a kid, relatively. When was his birthday? Is he younger than me? I'm August of 88. What, I'll look it up. his birthday? Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is to, to put it. Wow, he was, he's 32. He came here when he was 25. I'm with Ray on this one. Like, Devers, I was like, oh, wow, he's like 22. He's 24. It's amazing to me. These, the, you know, these kids keep getting older, and I just stay the same March age. March starting at 89. Nice. Nice. Oh, okay. So, wow, I'm a year younger than a year older than Chris. Oh, that's I didn't know. That's scary. If he can turn out to be like Schilling in 07, where he's he was predominantly a, a reliever when he came back, you know, Schilling was like yeah. that. That's that's the dream, right? That you, Absolutely. That you, so maybe that's where Craig is right in the sense that they're going to say that because they don't need to go out and get pitching. Because if Chris Sale can come back and they can keep him relatively healthy, then they only need to address probably one of those other issues that we talked about. So they're in a good position, hopefully. I just hope it doesn't get to the point where they do what they've done to us most of our lives and our parents' lives and some of our grandparents' lives where it was just, hey, we we're doing really well to the All-Star break and then we're just going to suck. It's always August, always with the Red Sox. Like They, yep. they will outperform past the All-Star break and then it's that August or September collapse that happens. We've talked about our previous shows that I thought July 1st was the mark. Now we're saying it's August. No, it was always right after the All-Star break. Right after. It was immediately after August. the All-Star break. What, 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 you know, yeah, what Ray's saying is a direct call out to me. I actually said Memorial Day. He's right. Like They are, they are a real team. For real. I believe it. But we've just seen, and, and recently, within the last decade, a real team in Boston, that, that you know, for the Red Sox, they have shown their abilities to play well through July and August and collapse. Now, I'm not saying one, that... The, one, one team. Well, one team. 20, look at the 2014 Red Sox. Look at the 2015 Red Sox. They was out of it, though. They was out of it. They were, that team, those teams were in it, and Ortiz got hurt. Those teams, were, those teams weren't um, in it. That don't 2014, 2015 teams was not that good. They were awful. I'm I'm just saying. And in 2016, they get Parcello, they got Price, and then they got back into the ALEs conversation. Just saying. They won the ALEs three years in a row and won the championship. So the teams that have played well have historically not done well after the All-Star break. And the teams that have done well have not done well have like middled before the all-star break have done well afterwards. So it's, it's a matter of keeping up the pace, right? And, and throughout 162 game season, that isn't easy. I just hope our listeners have learned at this point that nobody moves the goalposts better than us. Correct. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's what we do. That's what we do now. So to counter off what you guys just said. So to me, what goes against the Red Sox blowing us and them going into the normal Red Sox is their bounce back that they've shown so far this year is teams that go in skids where, you know, after they swept the Yankees, I believe they lost like four out of five. Then they went on to win nine in a row, 10 out of 11 and and have been the hottest that they've been all year. So to me, that's, and it showed the same thing at the beginning of the season where they lost the first three games, went on to win 10 in a row or nine in a row, whatever it was. That to me is what sets them apart from those teams is like, even if they do go into a skid, I have complete faith in this team in pulling themselves out of that skid, whether it be a Pavetta having a stop day, whether it be an Evaldi throwing an absolute gem. Like They just have these guys that when it comes down to it, they will get the job done and they will pull them out of that, that hellhole that we all know is Red Sox Nation for all those years. So I, I just feel like that there's, 
got to see them face that adversity first. They haven't faced that adversity yet. They're 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 in the honeymoon phase again. They're on cloud nine. They've had their relationship revitalized with their manager who 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 left for a year. They've they've brought in a new chief baseball officer, as his official title is in High and Bloom, to to rebuild the the farm system. They're playing well. They're hitting their stride. This is a honeymoon phase. I don't I don't want to say that I have faith in them to pull themselves out of a hole when they haven't even picked up the shovel yet to start digging the hole. The thing is they're still but they're still being disrespected. Still. Oh, well, yeah, but, they're but there's still a reason not why. getting but right and they're still not getting that recognition and that's been what's driving them all year and they said it from the very beginning since spring training like we're better than what people think they are. And and I don't blame them cuz like listen this core I mean, you have three guys from the middle of the meat of the lineup that won you a championship. You have pitchers from that championship rotation still on the staff. So it's like, I don't blame them for being like, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. We're pretty good, and we're going to show you. So, I mean, I just think that this team has it. Championship DNA, baby. Say it, Bob. It's okay. Championship DNA. Got to see them lose to see them pull themselves out of that hole. That's all I I'm mean, saying. I mean, Houston, we, we, Houston we, has smacked them around. They've, they've had some bad losses now. They got smacked 18 to four as well, like by Toronto. They've had some bad losses. But, but bad losses and falling into to a, a pit of despair are two very different things. I mean, teams are going to have bad losses and not miss a beat. I mean, that happens. Some, you know. Sometimes, you, and, and this isn't excuses, this is just the way the game of baseball is. Sometimes you do have those stop days, Bobby. Sometimes you have those days where you got to go to a sixth starter. Sometimes you have those days where you're playing a doubleheader. You got a getaway day. You're, you know, you've played six days in a row. Like the, those days happen. They happen in baseball and losses like that are going to happen. But Bobby, the, the skid you're talking about and not to, to beat the dead horse on this topic yet, but uh, already, but what you're talking about is losing eight of 10. You know, you, you sit here and talk about them winning 10 of 11 and going on these streaks. That's fine. That's fine. You're right. They play very well when things are going well, but we haven't seen them when things are going poorly. We haven't. We just haven't. That's the Boston fan in you, though, Joe. What if they never go poorly? That's what happened in 2018. I'm with you, though. I'm always like, but like, let's see what happens when they lose seven out of 10. So what if that never happened? The, the, the last point I'll make on this is, you know what teams, you know what Red Sox teams don't do that blow late season leads is sweep the New York Yankees twice in the same they're season. They're bad. Well, twice. they're bad. They're I, I don't. Well, it's I know, but it's really cool to say. So, anyways, the last point I want to make on this show is is it's kind of unrelated to how the season's going this year. More about the future of this team, and it kind of touches on a lot of points that we made throughout this show. So recently, a Red Sox prospect was brought up by one of the most legendary managers in baseball as the coach of the Team USA team and Mike Sosha, Mr. Jaron Duran. He was compared to the one and only... Mike Trout. Mike Sosha said, quote, Jaron Duran has Mike Trout's focus and desire. Todd Frazier specifically said he's going to be a stud. I said Trout was going to be something, and I'm really thinking the same thing about Duran. So I want to go back to what you guys said earlier, where the additions are within the clubhouse. Don't trade away the farm. Is this guy as good as we think he is? And, and I want to add another thing onto this. Do we think Heim 
had an idea of what he had in Duran when he drafted him in 2018, which led him to finally pull that trigger on Mookie. It, it's a dot that I've been trying to connect for a while, and, and I obviously can't until Duran is in the majors and making some noise. But A, do you guys think Duran is as good as he is? Is he coming up this year? And did he have anything to do with that Mookie trade? Ray, we're going to you first. Yeah, I haven't seen much on Duran. Isn't there a guy named, I think Craig brought him up. Is it Jeter Jeter Downs? Is that the other guy? Jeter Downs was the centerpiece of the Mookie Betts trade. I don't care about Alex Verdugo. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what he actually does. Cause I mean, obviously, if that's the guy that we got back in that trade, and I want to see how he performs, but I don't know much on. Doing really well. Yeah, no, yeah, good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying I want to see what he does at the at Fenway, though. So, you know, because it's one thing to kill it in, uh, in the minor leagues, but, you know, right. you might falter once you get up to the big leagues. But, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I don't know much about Durant. Ho- hopefully he can perform. I know you guys are looking for Zach Leader. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, ho- hopefully that guy can can produce he's, if he's producing in AAA or wherever. He's in Worcester. Is that what Durant is? He's in Worcester? Yeah, yeah Worcester. So, yeah, if he, he's USA in Worcester, right hopefully he's performing. And then, you know, coming to the major league team in September. Yeah, he, he didn't go. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Bobby, this is where we play into Mike's narrative, and he'll give us a little smile here. Jaron Duran was drafted by Dave Dombrowski. Correct. Right. Correct. He was? 2018? Yeah. 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 Also, I I think, like, to your original point, though, like, he is the guy. I mean, if you just look at his incremental increases in power, right? This year in, in Worcester. 15 home runs, 31 RBIs, 284 batting average. If you just look at every. Every other year before that, like his, but he's, I mean, he's only played 41 games. Last year, he played 82 games and he, and he had one home run, 19 RBIs. So he found something, right? So if he can continue to build on that, I think that's a great, I think that's a great addition uh, to, to the Red Sox in the future. I do think that the more that you peel back this onion, you will see that my original point, Dombrowski did not leave us in as bad a shape as we thought he did. So what about the guy they got last year, Blaze Jordan? Blaze Jordan is still incredibly young. He's not even at rookie ball yet. Yeah, he's the, he's listed as their tenth prospect with a with a ETA. Nick, Nick York, who we got in the same draft, is hitting like four hundred and wherever he's at right now. So so just to go through the pro- prospects right now, and, and as we talk about Jaron Duran as an outfielder, the from MLB.com Red Sox prospects. This is what gets Craig's blood flowing. Jaron Duran, outfielder. He's 24 years old. The guy that we're talking about that was slated to go to Team USA was drafted by Dave Dombrowski. He, his estimated time of arrival at the major league level is this year. And same with Jeter Downs, who was brought over in the Mookie trade, which likely if he does come up, I don't know if he'll get to every day, but he would play. He would probably play over Marwin Gonzalez at second base at 22 years old. And then the number one prospect in the, in the Red Sox system, Mike Tristan Cassis, first base, who, whose ETA is next year, 2022, but this kid's playing really well in Worcester as well. And, you know, Mike, I look at the prospects and I see when they were brought here and when they were drafted and yeah, sure. So blaze Jordan is 18 years old. As Craig mentioned, he is currently in rookie ball. He's a third baseman. He's a ways off. He's going to be four or five years. The guy that comes in, you know, as Devers gets a little bit older, gets towards 30, which is weird to say, because Ray, you're right. He's going to be 21 for the, his entire life. But where what's really interesting here is the guys that Chaim Bloom and Dave Dombrowski have brought in fill the positions of need the right side of the infield. 
and a leadoff hitter in the outfield, you know, and, and Craig can speak to these three guys, but I mean, just talking about Tristan Cassis, Jeter Downs and Jaron Duran. Uh, you also have Brian Mata, who's a right-handed pitcher at double A. He's not expected to come up for two more years. So, and then Tanner Houck, who we could see come back up, which I think he should as well. But those three guys plus Tanner Houck, really, those guys would solve, maybe not solve, but they would address your issues and hopefully something can happen, but you got to be methodical about it because you got to bring them up at the right time as to not disturb the peace, if you will. Oh, I was going to say, you're going to talk about money. I was like, I don't care about that. No, they're making nothing. They make peanuts. I mean, you bring them up. No, I know. I'll talk about the eligibility. Them. I know, you know, in baseball, you know, I think the whatever that rule for what's the one I'm looking for? Luxury uh, tax. Yeah, the no. luxury tax, but also the uh the, the arbitration, the arbitration, that bullshit. I know that's what Tampa Bay did that shit with Evan Longoria years ago. That man could play. If you could play, listen, I want you up here ASAP. Get up here. Those, those guys you just listed, they aren't even my favorite prospects in the Red Sox, uh in the Red Sox whole system. You go back down, you go back down, you look at Brian Bello, who we got uh, as a throw in a deal for I forgot who a couple of years ago, he's dominating double A right now. The the minor you still got Jake Room down there in the minor leagues. Who knows if he's ever going to yeah. be a guy that you ever see? Noah Song, if he ever gets out of the military, is going to be amazing. You know, Blaze Jordan's still a kid. Uh, Matthew Lugo, guys like this Connor Wong, who's I think on the oh, major league roster right now, who we got in the Mookie Betts trade as well. The the farm system looks good. It looks really good. I I, I, for, I forgive David Dombrowski of that because he did sign Xander Bogarts to that very, very delicious Such a team-friendly deal. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Xander hits the open market now. He gets 30 mil a year. Easy. 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 And what is he now? 22? 21? 20, 21, yeah. 21, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Xander? yeah, no, that's a delicious yeah, deal. Xander's like 26. 26? He'll be, no, be 29 in October. No, 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 not money wise. I'm mean, not age wise, money wise. Salary. Oh, money wise. Oh. No, no, salary. He makes 21 a year. So, yeah. So at, at that point, guys, you know, I, before we get into too much predictions, because I know we're gonna have a Red Sox show next week. Hopefully, a little bit of All Star Game talk going. We'll talk a little bit more of what we think about the second half and what we think is gonna happen. But I want to give you guys your last thoughts. Mike, Mike, we'll go to you first. I have the Red Sox finishing at 95 and 67. I, I, and I think that's going to be a, a sweet spot for them. I think that's going to be first. I, th- I think they'll win the, you know, obviously win the division. And I think that if their if their pitching holds up, I just think in the postseason, good pitching is what prevails. So that needs to happen. But yeah, I, I think I, I I don't like to Joe's point. I I, I don't know if there's going to be a, a seven out of ten game losing streak or slump for this team. And if there isn't, you know we. Can, yeah, right now we can say, well, how would they come back from it? Well, if they never allow it to happen, that shows strength too, right? So that, that would be my final prediction for them. They don't need to win them all. They just need to stay consistent. I don't think they're going to go on a 7 of 10, 8 of 10 losing streak. I, I don't think it's going to happen, knock on wood. And if it does, I hope that they can pull themselves out of it. I think that you have the right guy managing the team to do that. I think everybody is moving in the right direction. This team is explosive but they they're as a team they're they're quietly quietly very good their cohe their cohesion as a clubhouse is very good it also helps 
that the Yankees are bad. And I, I just say the Yankees because that was a team that I don't think we all expected to, to be as poor of a ball club as they are right now, to the point where the Yankees fans that I know are calling for Hank Steinbrenner to sell the team, which would be amazing if it was never no longer owned by the Steinbrenner family. The Orioles are bad. I think the Blue Jays and, and Rays are okay. I mean, I love the Blue Jays lineup. I mean, you got you have so many protege kids in that lineup yet you got Kevin Biggio you have Guerrero Jr you you have Bo Bichette it's just such a fun lineup to watch I think the Red Sox do win this division and I'm coming out I think I had them finishing close to 500 in the beginning of the season I'm going to be up around Mike's number they'll get 95 to 100 wins they'll be consistent and if they can you know they don't have to do everything you know we we talk about them bringing up prospects and going out and trading listen make a trade for a B-level guy that's going to help your team, get Chris Sale right and bring him in here. Bring up those prospects that we think are going to be good, one or two of them. You know, if Jeter Downs and, and Jaron Duran are the guys, fine. You know, we can fill this out. You can offload some salary at the trade deadline. And like Craig said, it doesn't need to be exciting. It just needs to be the moves that are best for the team. And, and that's what matters most. But they win this division and, and they, they'll go deep into the playoffs. I'm not going to call them World Series favorites yet because there's a lot of good teams. I mean, there, there's a lot of good teams. The Giants are playing well in the NL anyway. But in the AL, I mean, you know, Chicago's good. The Rays aren't a bad baseball team. The Indians are playing well. So the Astros are have played very well as well. And, and Bobby, like you said, the athletics aren't bad either. And the friggin' Seattle Mariners are five games above 500. So, you know, this is going to be, this is why this is a fun season. It, it, it's just, it's real baseball again. It, and it's fun baseball. And one thing we didn't get into Bobby is this whole thing with foreign substances and, and things on guys, gloves and hands and necks and noses. But besides the point, Craig insert major league quote here. So, yeah, Bobby, I'm with Mike, and I, you're, we opened the show with it. They're a much better team than I thought they were going to be. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a number to it. I, I think they go, they match the 04 team, and they go 98 and 64. I, I just think they have another 10 game streak in them where they're, they're going to catch fire again, pending on they make another. I, yeah, actually, no, even if they don't make a trade, I just feel like. Someone else is going to get hot that we didn't expect to get hot. So whether that's Dalback or unless, unless he gets traded, I'm I'm a Shavis guy. So I I I, I want to see him again. I, I I was enjoying what he did in 2019. I felt like if he had played the whole year, he would have been Rookie of the Year. But I'll get off that soapbox because we're two years removed from that. But yeah, I'll go 98 and 64. You know, and I'll I'll go a step further. I, I think you know Joe was being kind and being diplomatic to the rest of the American League. I won't be. I don't fear anyone else besides Houston. We're, we're, we'll beat everybody else. I'm sorry. Chicago doesn't scare me. Tampa Bay don't scare me. Oakland doesn't scare me. It's only Houston. So if that's the case, you're looking at your American League champions. You know, come coming coming soon. Oh. Yeah, man. So I'll wrap it up there because you just took the words right out of my mouth, man. To me, the American League, the Astros are the only team that even comes close to comparing to what the Red Sox have, and I don't think that they're at where the Red Sox have with their lineup, with the Red Sox depth, their pitching. Uh, I think the Red Sox are better. The NL is a different story. NL is really good. The Dodgers, Padres, lots of teams in the NL. So once we get to the World Series, I think it would be a different story altogether. But I agree, man. I don't see any roadblocks in the way for the Red Sox in the American League. The way they're playing, I don't see anyone in this league that can take them in a seven-game series. Astros would be a tough series, though. But at that point, I'm the real BK, Bob Kelly. We'll be back next week. Talk some more Red Sox with you guys for Rayshon. For Joe, Mike, and Craig, we're out, guys. Later.
Mile, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.